This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on to 600 AM, 96.5 FM, KGEZ with Anthony Knockreiner and his show, The Knock on Sports. This week, we talk about how Chris Carson is making a case for an increased workload by Rashad Penny. We preview the matchup with the Saints and how some uncertainty for New Orleans and how they will handle the quarterback position, the strength of the Saints defensive line, how all that could lead to another close game in Seattle. And we close it out with our week two picks. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports and joining me in studio is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast as well as the Field Goals podcast as we talk NFL and the Seattle Seahawks. Brandon, hey, 2-0. and For the first time since 2013. So back to the Super Bowl season when the Seahawks were 2-0 and going into week three. I can't remember. What, what, you said it last week. Was, this isn't the first road win in a while, is it? Or is it? it? Was, well, they won in Arizona last year. Okay. Yeah, that was, uh, and then the only other two times that they won were in the 2013 season on the road. Okay. In September. So this is kind of that first true road win in a while, considering Arizona. Yeah, wasn't if you very don't good. count Arizona last year, yeah, they were they weren't a very good team last year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be a very good team this year. Uh, Brandon, let, let's just start though. Twenty eight, twenty six. Again, the offense looks good to me. Yeah. But at the same time, defensively, there's some issues there because it looked like you guys were in firm control and then Pittsburgh made it made a game late. Well, they made it a game late because of a fumble that was right down toward their goal line. That felt like with the Seahawks, you know, they had the pass to DK Metcalf, which put them up 28 to uh, let's see, 19, was it? They mm-hmm. were they were nine points ahead of them. And and then you had the fumble, which I I know that it looks like Carson fumbled that ball because he had fumbled it twice before, but he took that uh, Russell handed off to him high, partly because he had somebody going at his legs. And so it's, I, I don't put that one necessarily on Carson, but the Seahawks fumble the ball. Devin Bush picks it up, almost gets in the end zone in, you know, 15 seconds later, it's a touchdown and it, they made it. That play made that game so much more interesting than it really needed to be. Because gotcha. if you, you know, if you don't fumble in that situation and you're able to run more time off the clock, asking a team to try and get two scores in about six minutes is a pretty tough thing to do. But when you give them seven, like in the first 15 <laughs> seconds, then that makes it a whole lot. It makes you nervous. I was about to say, I would imagine so. Uh, so let me ask you, though, because offensive line wise, Russell Wilson still got sacked quite a bit. I mean, what's a bigger concern right now? What the defense is doing or what the offensive line is doing? Well, I liked how they made the adjustments after he was getting just demolished. You know, I, Tuit had three sacks in mm-hmm. this game, and I think they were all in the first half. So they made the adjustment. They were going to a lot quicker passing game, which is usually something that Pete Carroll doesn't like to do. He likes to get the big chunk plays, which take a lot, a lot of time to develop. But uh, it looked like the offense was just, I mean, there were drives where play after play, they would just march down the field and it would look good. So it says to me that they can do it. And I guess on the defensive side, they, I, I'm, that game excited me about our Seahawks linebackers. Mm-hmm. And then the corners seemed fine. It was just really outside of a couple big plays and another flea flicker that beat the defense. That was 45 yards right there. Yeah. They really looked like they had Ben Roethlisberger under control while he was in the game. And then Mason Rudolph, he only had two catches that went beyond 10 yards. And one, (laughs) the receiver had to do all kinds of acrobatics to 
to come up with the ball and the other one was the flea flicker. Yeah, true. Good point there, because I was going to say it is kind of interesting, too. You know, you guys did a pretty good, nice job on him. And it's very tough because, you know, you're not game planning against Mason right. Rudolph. You're game planning against Big Ben, who went out with an injury. And I know we're going to talk a little more about this because the Bre- because the Saints, there's the Seahawks next opponent also went out. But let me just get your thoughts on that. We saw a lot of backup quarter. We saw a lot of starting quarterbacks go down. Obviously, Darnold with Mono, Breeze, Big Ben. I mean, now Eli Manning's been benched for Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Seems very strange within week two we've seen already. So many quarterbacks go down. Some of the young injuries, it does seem strange, but when you consider Eli Manning, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger, these are guys that have been in the league for such a long time, and you're kind of wondering, when is it going to be their time to move on? Mm-hmm. You know, For such a long time, we've had Tom Brady, and if you go back to Peyton Manning when he was in the league, yeah. uh, along with, with, with these other guys, that was kind of the top of the, the quarterback charts for so long. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting to be, you know, Drew Brees is 40. Big Ben is in his late 30s. You know, Tom Brady's probably going to play forever. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Eli Manning's getting up there. Too. He's the same age. As, he came out in the same draft as uh, uh, Big Ben and Phil Rivers. Rivers. Yeah. So it it feels like it, we might be getting to that time where we see some of these quarterbacks move on, the, the older quarterbacks. Let's talk about the running backs. I mean, obviously, Chris Carson didn't have the day he was hoping for. But Penny did. Penny had a nice run, got a big uh, lead block from uh, Russell, <laughs> Russell Wilson. Wilson yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's not a problem to for Seahawks because either way, you're getting production from both your guys here. But going forward, is Penny, who's a first round pick, going to start getting more carries and be the more the lead back than Chris Carson, who was a seventh round pick a couple of years ago? The one who takes care of the football the best is going to be the one who gets the most carries. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty one simple. Of, one of Pete Carroll's rules is that it's all about the ball. And okay. if you're giving up the ball and giving the other team more chances, I think you're going to see your your carries limited. Now, th- the cool thing was, is he wasn't afraid to go to Carson late in the game when on that fourth and one, he was the one who got the, the football to close out the game. And he's really that physical guy that you want getting those two and three tough yard type of plays. Penny doesn't strike me as the guy who does that necessarily. Mm-hmm. So. It was uh, you you hope that he can continue to be productive in those types of situations. But if he can't keep control of the football, I think we will start to see more carries going toward uh, Penny. And then what do you think about the offensively? You, you look at, you know, we've, right now, I feel like it's DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett for sure. But then I think the third options will Disley the tight yeah. end. <laughs> our, our own Montana guy. I know. I feel like the, the, the fact that we hype up Will Disley as a Montanan, it's going to get to the point to where everybody knows it, like Jimmy Graham uh, played basketball. Yeah, uh, true. Every, everybody's heard that over and over and over. But I, we need to at least get to that point to where everybody knows that that's a thing. Yeah, well, I think he's going to be more and more because I think he's just done such a great job. I mean, two touchdown catches the way he did. Yeah. I mean, again, I am really, I don't want to say overly impressed, but the way the Seahawks offense has looked, I thought this is exactly what it was built and going to look like considering the fact you got Russell Wilson with his big contract and the weapons that you guys now have and DK's just playing well as a rookie well and I think that's what makes this all work is that DK can be productive as a rookie and that was one of the big question marks that I had is that could a rookie come into the system and have this type of impact early on and he really has through these first two games you know getting his first NFL touchdown catch in this game and you know having a couple big catches in the last game. So if he can keep that up and you have Tyler Lockett that can fill that role as, you know, Russell Wilson's go-to guy and you can mix it in with guys like Will Disley and Malik Turner and, you know, whoever else is kind of being the guy that defenses can't 
pay attention to and Russell Wilson can find the open guy, then I think we're going to see good things from the offense if he can continue to get that protection from the guys up front. My feature guest is Brandon Schultz from the Field Goals podcast as well as the Seahawkers podcast. We'll talk about their next opponent, the New Orleans Saints, next year on the Knock on Sports. We enter week three of the NFL season, and joining me to talk about the Seattle Seahawks' next opponent, the New Orleans Saints, is Brandon Schultz from the Field Goals podcast as well as the Seahawkers podcast. Um, Brandon, I got, I got to ask, man, are you still going to go to this game now that Drew Brees is is out? I mean, this this game lost its luster a little bit, I think. It's a different game when you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback on the other side of the field to go and, and kind of get excited about the matchup between Russell Wilson and, you know, kind of Russell Wilson. Wilson's talked about how Drew Brees has kind of been one of his idols as being, you know, a shorter mm-hmm. quarterback and how he's looked up to him all over, over all these years. So I, I think it must be kind of a bummer, too, for Russell in this case. I'm I'm a little bit concerned, though, with the team with not really knowing Right. What the Saints are going to do. It's it's been tough because the first week you're game planning against an offense that's brand new uh, with Zach Taylor and Andy Dalton. And we saw Andy Dalton racks up a, a huge number of yards. They, they, they keep it close with the Seahawks at home. And now they go on the road and then they find themselves in a similar situation where you, you aren't up against Big Ben anymore. Now it's Mason Rudolph, a guy that you didn't plan for. And it seemed like the defense kind of backed off a little bit when Rudolph came into the game. They weren't, they weren't really going to go after him and try and make a mistake, which kind of seems like how Pete Carroll does things. Mm-hmm. He kind of holds back and, and is patient and waits to see what will happen and what the offense, you know, what tries to figure out what they're doing. And so I think that's what's going to happen here. And where you're not game planning against Drew Brees, now you're kind of playing that wait and see type approach. And that always results into close games for the Seahawks. Well, what's even, I think, more concerning, and I'm very curious to see how this system works, is you've got Teddy Bridgewater, who's the backup for the Saints. So you, you're you going to see him, but you're also going to see Taysom Hill, who we have seen for mm-hmm. the Saints through a lot of different trick, trick things. But at the same time, it's going to be so difficult because both guys are not similar in any way. No, and how much are they going to use each of those quarterbacks? You know, right. we, we don't know. It, Sean Payton was asked today if Teddy Bridgewater, if if Taysom Hill was going to see fewer uh, gadget type plays and fewer plays on special teams because now that he's the quote number two and Sean Payton answered by saying, I don't know if he's the you're assuming that he's the number two now. Mm -hmm, True. Suggesting that maybe he's the number one. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know. And he's going to play it close to the vest the entire time. Oh, absolutely. And that's the way Sean Payton is. And he's a great coach. And that's what kind of worries me is that other coaches in the league, they may not look at this type of situation and be able to recover from that. But Sean Payton's an outstanding coach. Well, at the same time, I think one of the main keys for the Seahawks this week is you've got to stop Kamara. You can't let him loose. And I think we're going to see a lot of Murray because they don't really want to overwork uh, Alvin Kamara. This would be the time to do so, considering you don't have Drew Brees and your backup quarterback needs your help, all the help he can get. Uh, But it's got to be coming down to stopping the run against those two guys. And if that's what it comes down to, then I'm really excited about our Seahawks defense being able to do that because that's something that they've been able to do through these first two games. Mm -hmm. They're number four in the league now at stopping the run. And they did it with Cincinnati, made him one dimensional. Now Andy Dalton threw for a ton of yards, but. You made them one-dimensional. You made the Steelers one-dimensional. James Conner got was getting lit up, 
and they had a couple runs that kind of broke out for plus 20 yards. But really, apart from those one or two runs, they really shut down the run for the Steelers. So if they can do it now, Camara's an outstanding back and you could throw to him out of the backfield, too. Uh, but with the with the Seahawks now playing their base defense and, and not a whole lot of nickel, mm-hmm. which is kind of an interesting, you know, zig when other teams are zagging. Uh, Michael Kendricks and KJ Wright are outstanding at diagnosing those passes to the backs out in the flat. And that's where I really see an advantage where the Seahawks would have in this game. Then I want to get your thoughts on the uh, let's reverse it, not just on the the Saints offense here. This is still a pretty good Saints defense. They're going to bring a lot of pressure just from their four guys up front. They've still got a pretty good secondary here. What do you think on that side of the matchup? I'm especially concerned about the Saints front four. You know, especially with what we've seen from the offensive line through these first couple of weeks, you know, if they can get that, impre- if they can get that interior pressure with with those front four guys, then it's going to make it tough. Now, Marcus Lattimore on the outside, he had a good rookie season. He's kind of struggling through this year, though, and it makes me wonder if the the secondary is maybe a weakness that they can go after. One of their starting linebackers went to injured reserve this week, so there may be. There may be some opportunities on defense, but you are going to have to, at the very least, protect Russell Wilson. And if you can't get the the running game going against that defensive line, then it it could make it tough. My featured guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast. Uh, now, Brandon, time to uh, make some picks once again. You're beating me, by the way. You got like a six game lead on me right now. You had a better <laughs> week than me. Uh, I had a week- terrible week last week. Well, either way, you have. A, I had a, I had an even more terrible week than you because you still have me beat. Uh, pretty pretty bad week for me last week. I got to redeem myself here. Uh, Thursday night football, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Gardner Minshew and and that mustache, the stash, if you will. Do you take the stash or do you take the Titans? I'm going to take the Titans. Uh, they've uh, Mariota is one of the better quarterbacks under pressure so far this year, which is interesting. Yeah, but the Titans are more of the Jekyll and Hyde. Like last week, they yeah. should have beat the Colts after throttling the Browns. I, I do see that this could go either way for me, but I'm, I'm going to take the Titans. I'm taking the stash uh, to beat <laughs> the Titans. Uh, Bengals at Bills. And by the way, Buffalo's 2-0. I don't know if anybody knows that. Yeah, and Buffalo's going to be 3-0 after playing uh, the Bengals. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Bills in this one. It killed me in fantasy last week. The Detroit Lions just held the Chargers in check and yeah. they were able to win that football game. They take on the Eagles after a tough loss against Atlanta Sunday night. Uh, who are you taking, Lions or Eagles here? I'm going to go Eagles. I <laughs> I think the Lions might be an 8-8 eight eight team. So it's going to be, the, the Lions are probably going to be one of the toughest teams to pick this year. I agree. I agree. I'm going to go with you, though. I'm going to take the Eagles on this one. This ought to be easy. Uh, Jets <laughs> and Patriots. Yes, uh, going Patriots. You, do, you, do you think they could go once again 16-0 during the regular season? Do you think that threat's going to become available again? Well, they are going to have to play Buffalo twice, so if they keep it up, <laughs> that, those games could be interesting. <laughs> uh, Raiders at Vikings. I will take the Vikings. you take the Vikings here? Okay. I'm going to take the Raiders. Really? I'll yeah, I mean, I, they, they look again. good early, but then Mahomes just erupted on them. Well, <sighs> Kirk, I have questions about Kirk Cousins, but if they can... Dalvin Cook, though, he looks legit. He does. Uh, he did once once again. He did great things for my fantasy football <laughs> team last week. Um, Ravens and Chiefs. Ooh, this is game of the week right here. This is a really good one. And Lamar Jackson has played really well. I'm actually starting to come around on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I I could do I could see that with the Chiefs. Now the C, the Chiefs defense has improved this year. Yes, they have. 
So, but, and Baltimore's defense is awfully tough too. Ooh, this is, I would almost put this in coin flip territory. I wonder what the, who the favorite, I'm sure the Chiefs must be the favorite with it being a home game. Yeah. So I, I am going to go Kansas City. Yeah. I, was gonna, I would, I, this would be like, again, it would be an upset if, if, I think it would be an upset if Baltimore beats Kansas City just because of the way Kansas City's playing right now. I mean, erupting for four straight touchdowns in the second quarter, the way they did, and they really didn't have to do much afterwards. I'm like, Kansas City is going to be really tough. I'm curious if Kansas City is favored by more than three points. I think they are. Okay. I think they are. Uh, Falcons at Colts. Colts are a mystery team to me. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know that much about the Falcons either. You know, they should have lost that game to Philly. Thanks. You think so? I, I do. I do think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Maybe a great it's fourth just down I, call. That was a great fourth uh, down well, call. It was, sure. And Philly almost, you know, if. Aguilar is able to hold on to the football, then the Eagles answer back on the score right after. So, so true. I think I'm going to take the Colts at home. I'm going to take the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons to win here. I, I think the Falcons are the favorite in the South right now. Um, Broncos at Packers. Two yeah, good defenses. The Packers defense is looking good. I'm going to go with Green Bay. I'm going to agree. I don't think Joe Flacco can keep up with uh, Aaron Rodgers. No. Um, again, another easy one in the AFC East. Dolphins. Uh, at the Dallas Cowboys. The Dolphins will probably score the least amount of points this week, and the Cowboys will score the most. <laughs> I like the Cowboys as well. I'll tell you what. I think it's the Seahawks. If I had to say power rankings in the NFC, I think it's the Seahawks, uh, Cowboys, and Rams right now as your top teams. Yeah. The, the 49ers are looking pretty good, though, too. They they took advantage of the Bengals, and Tampa Bay gifted them a win in week yeah, one. They're, they're looking okay, though. They're 2-0. Yeah. We'll just see. trying Speak. to give them a little bit of credit. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, speaking of the Buccaneers, they're taking on Daniel Jones and his first career start in the Giants. Who you'd like? Oh, gosh. I'm going to take the Bucs. I was hoping you might take the Giants just because it worked last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it the did Bucks work as in your well. favor. It did. Uh, Panthers at Cardinals. Oh, this is another. I'm going to take the Panthers, but I don't feel good about it. Cam Newton is not looking good through these first two weeks. Well, I don't even know if he's going to play Sunday. That's another question. Kyle Allen could be starting for the Panthers on Sunday because he's got that foot injury. Ooh. Calvin really did throw for nearly 350 yards last week. I don't feel good about this game. Are you taking the Cardinals? I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Yeah. I think they get a win. I think Carolina, I mean, they got a good, they still have a good defense. They still have Christian McCaffrey here, but I just think Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. This one being in Arizona, I think they get the W. Well, it seems like they have been trending upward, but I mean, I guess they did lose. Well, they last they week, need to lose at least one. They, they got to win one. Game. They need to win one game. So you, who are you taking? I, I'm gonna. I'm taking the Panthers, but I I reserve my right to change this pick. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Steelers at 49ers. This ought to be interesting. Yeah, Mason Rudolph going into San Fran, Santa Clara. I, I'll take the Niners. Take the Niners there. You know, gross. Yep, I'm going to take uh, Minka Fitzpatrick now with the Steelers. Yeah, uh, Dolphins are just, you know, what do they got? Three first round picks now? Yeah. Three or four. Um, I talked to a friend of mine who's a big Dolphins fan. He said he's looking forward to drafting Alabama in 2020. <laughs> it's so true, though. They could get four or five off five guys from Alabama. I'm going to take the Steelers. Saints, Seahawks, uh, no question here for me. Um, I'm sure no question here yeah. for Brandon. Texans at Chargers. This one's interesting. I'm going to take the Texans. I'm going to take the Chargers. The, char the Chargers going and losing to Detroit. I have no faith. I, I think they, I, I don't know what, what happened there. They they missed on too many opportunities. They had a lot of penalties in that game, too. Rams at Browns. 
Interesting. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams. I, they have top top three offense, top three defense right now. As much as I hate to say, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, yeah. I don't buy the Browns. If the Browns win this game, then maybe I'll be starting to buy back in on the Browns. But uh, again, they beat the Jets team. It really wasn't that impressive. Monday I'll be night. happy to take the L on yeah. this one. Uh, Bears at Washington. I'm taking Chicago. Mm, I don't like this game at all, but I'll take Chicago too. The I'll Bears struggled on the road against Denver. But yeah, but De- I mean, I think Chicago is going to struggle all, all all season on offense. Yeah, they didn't give Trubisky many opportunities, so maybe they they'll, maybe they'll have learned from that game against the Broncos. Probably not, but we'll <laughs> see what happens. Uh, Chicago Bears fans, I feel for you. Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Field Goals Podcast as well as the Seahawkers Podcast. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest episode of both, how can they do it? Yeah, tune in at fieldgoals.com. You can subscribe to the show just at the bottom of any of the articles there or check out seahawkerspodcast.com. We'll have a new episode out on Thursday. Brandon, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Looking forward to chatting with you next week. 